Hello, my name is Zach Mbonin, one of the pastors here, and I'm excited to continue to walk through our daily devotion leading up to Easter. And so today, I want to read Matthew chapter 26, starting in verse 47. While he, Jesus, was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve, and with him a great crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The the one I will kiss is the man. Seize him. And he came up to Jesus at once and said, Greetings, Rabbi. And he kissed him. Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you came to do. When they came came up and laid laid hands on Jesus and seized him, and behold, the one uh, those who were, were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant on the high priest and cut off his ear. Jesus said to him, Put your sword away into its place, for all those who take swords will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot appeal to the Father, and he will at once send send me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then should the scriptures be fulfilled? This, on that, it must be so. At that hour, Jesus uh, said to the crowds, Have you come against the robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day I sit in the temple teaching. You did not seize me, but all this has taken place that the scriptures and the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. Then those who had seized Jesus led him to the high priest, where the scribes and the elders have gathered, and Peter followed him at a distance. As far as the courtyard of the high priest and going inside, he sat down with the guards to to see the end. Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking false testimony against Jesus, that they may put him to death. But they found none, though many false witnesses came forward. At last two came forward. They said, "This uh, This man said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. And the high priest stood up and said, Have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? But Jesus remained silent. And the high priest said to him, I encourage you to, by the living God, tell us that if you are Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him, You have said so. But I tell you, from now on you will see me as a son of man seated on the right hand of the power and coming um, on the clouds of, of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robe and said, He has uttered blasphemy. What further witnesses do we need? You have heard this blasphemy. That, I'm sorry, what is your judgment? They answered, he deserves death. They spit in his face and struck him. And some slapped him and saying, prophesize to us, you Christ. Who is it that struck you? It's an interesting passage and there's a lot there. And, um, even my heart even just breaks in this passage as I think about what Jesus walked through. But what, there's a lot there. And what, what just stands out to me as I read that is just God's humility, Jesus' humility. To be accused, to be told, to be spit on, to be beaten for doing nothing, for all those false accusations. 
and though that that was his word that 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 was his consequence i'm reminded of of philippians chapter 2 verse 4 and 5 or uh, 3 and 4 and it says this do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit but in humility count others more significant than yourselves that each of you look not to his own interests but also to the interests of others what an incredible picture of humility we see in Jesus in this passage in Matthew chapter 26. I see it in two ways. I see one who's Jesus' humility come out. And, um, and even though all these accusations were, were coming against him, he sat and he was silent. It'd been really easy. It'd been really easy for me to, be, to become defensive. Or let me tell you the truth. Let me tell you what's really going on. But Jesus acted in our in our in our best be, uh, interest. He knew ultimately this is what needed to happen was so for him to be sent to the cross to die, and to be resurrection. So we so we today can have life in Him. The other way I see Christ in, in uh, being humble, it's not just in, in being right or or withholding him him being right, but is willing to submit. Is willing to submit. Humility so often for us is a challenge because most of us think we should we are right. And most of us think humility it, it maybe I'm, I'm above or I don't need to or maybe I'm too busy, whatever it might be for us to submit and serve somebody else. I don't know about you and this in all the things that's going on in our world right now, anxiety is a little higher than normal. Being fearful is a little more, you're more aware. The reality, when, when those things are, are realities in our lives, I, I love this passage because it, it pushes us back to the humility of Christ. Not for us just to, to know that, but actually to live that out in our lives. So I encourage you, maybe with your spouse, maybe with your kids or your grandkids or your neighbors or friends. I don't know about you, but that anxiety level is a little higher right now, that fearful level. How do you, how do you combat that? How do you fight that? It's with humility. It's with humility. So maybe you get in a fight with a spouse, a spouse or a friend or a family member. Maybe not to be right is okay this time. Maybe, maybe it actually is, it's taken a step further in saying, how can I look not just for my interests, but for their interests? How can I look the way to serve my spouse? How can I serve my kids? How can I have an attitude that not just, how do I not, have, not do I not just have beliefs that look like Jesus, but actually how do I have attitudes that look like Jesus in this season? And it starts, it starts and it ends with humility. It's my challenge for you. I think of my son. My four-year-old son this morning, I got up. I said, Justice, go make your bed. So he did. And I came back to his room. And a few minutes later, I said, hey, Justice, you didn't make your bed this morning. And he's like, yes, I did. And we walked in. And like some blankets were pulled up. But it wasn't. he didn't make his bed. He could do much better. And I said, let's make your bed. And let's, let me show you how to do this a little bit better. And it's funny because after we made his bed, he's like, see, Daddy, I made my bed just like when we told you. And like, oh, no, 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 no. You made you, you didn't make your bed the first time the right way, even though you're saying you didn't. But it takes humility to recognize you don't always have to be right. 
And it takes humility to say, it's, I'm here to serve you this morning, or serve you today. I want to end with this, this time just um, from a book uh, called Humility by Andrew Murray. It's one of my favorite books. And at the end of the book, um, Andrew Murray uh, leads us in this prayer. And this is my prayer for me today, and it's my prayer for you, and it's our, my prayer for us as a church. And the prayer starts like this that of your great goodness you would make known to me and take from my heart every kind and every form and every degree of pride, whether it be evil spirits or my own corrupt nature, that you would awaken in me the deepest depths and truth of humility, which which can make me capable of your light and your Holy Spirit. That's my prayer today is that you would lean into who God is. You would see Christ, you would see God as a humble God, a humble king. And when you recognize that, you turn around, are able to live a humble life to those who are around you and those you have influence. God bless and enjoy the rest of your day.